Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please subscribe to our weekly Boston Bruins Hockey Talk on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify Podcasts. We'd certainly appreciate it if you give us show a five-star rating along with a written review. You can also subscribe to our official YouTube channel for a video version of our weekly program. If you'd like to support our show financially, please go to our blackandgoldhockey.com website and click on our affiliated fanatics banner before shopping online another way to financially support our weekly program is to become a patreon member to be eligible for weekly boston hockey prizes and monthly boston bruins hand signed jersey giveaways please go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast and donate just one dollar per episode many thanks for the continued support and enjoy the show What's up, Bruins fans? Welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is episode 297, and it's brought to you by betonline.ag. Please go to betonline.ag and use that promo code CLNS50. It is, we're getting close to 300. I love it. I, I just this this uh, this podcast Bruins related podcast train just keeps rolling. And joining me again to help the grease the tracks per se is my boy Kevin O'Keefe. What's up, Greasy? Oh, not too much, man. How about yourself? Not bad, man. Not bad. Thank you for joining me today, as always, but uh, particularly after um, uh, a Patriots win, I heard. Oh, yeah. Patriots win. Uh, close one. 17-14. Happy to uh, see them pull it out, but it 
had some issues, but you know, this isn't a Patriots podcast, so I won't get into it. <laughs> but um, before we do start, I do want to give a shout out to Dom. Um, you know, uh, he's now home that we just got, we just got word of that not too long ago that he's home and, um, recovering and, uh, he should be okay. So, um, we'll keep ourselves updated and, you know, he'll update you as, you know, he feels right. And, uh, we love him. We miss him and, um, we can't wait for him to be back up on the horse and ready to go. Yeah, absolutely. It's been, uh, three weeks now since he's been on the program. The first weekend he took off was, um, he was invited by the London Knights to go and check out some uh, some hockey, some preseason hockey up in the Ontario Hockey League. So he was doing a little bit of a scouting mission, checking out um, uh, Jackson Edward. And, um, you know, and last weekend he had the uh, the grandchild. So, you know, that's um, that's priority. And, and I love seeing those two together. But this past this past weekend, it was just a little tough time uh, health wise for our boy Dom and and, uh, you know, you said it very well, but I want to extend my well wishes to him and his family uh, as they go through this this speed bump in life. Um, and uh, glad, you know, like you said, glad to report that he's home. He was released from the hospital, I think, yesterday. And, um, and you know, hopefully he continues to uh, do what he needs to do to, to, to keep the, uh, the clock ticking and, um, you know, get somewhat healthier and... Uh, he can do this. I, I, the guy's a stubborn old son of a bitch, and I know he can freaking do this. You know, even his kid said that. So, yeah, sure is. So, yeah, it's just it's it's been a tough couple of days going back and forth on the on the uh, DMs trying to find out if he's okay, trying to like you know add a little bit of um, humor to his life if that's possible, just to kind of uh, kind of make him not feel like he's uh, so so alone in this. Um, in this process, but we do miss Dom. We miss that hockey knowledge and uh, we look forward to getting him back as soon as possible. So maybe next week if he's up for it, but we don't, we're not going to rush. Uh, we want mm-hmm. him to take the time he needs to fully recover and be able to come back on the pod and talk uh, hockey. Um, we do have some big, 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 big news for our Patreon Um Financial supporters, those guys are everybody. The ladies and the gents are all amazing, and they donate one dollar. Even I mean, I, I have a handful of people. We have I think close to sixty Patreon members, and I want to say twelve of them go over above and beyond that one dollar that's required to be eligible for our monthly jersey giveaways. Some of them go five, some of them even go ten dollars every episode we record, and that's huge. And we really appreciate that. So to do that. To turn this thing around and just say thank you and to welcome back the 2022-23 NHL season and, and even the AHL season. Let's throw them in. We do have an outstanding prize pack. We were going to give away this Ray Bork hand-signed jersey. That was it. I was just going to – I bought this, and I was like, you know what? Let's go out on a bang. But we went a little further. We saved your money over the summer. And got more stuff to give away. We've got this hand-signed mini helmet from Ray Bork. We also got this hand-signed um, 8x10 photo from Ray Bork. And also, to finish off this awesome prize pack, a hand-signed Ray Bork puck. So all of this can be yours for a dollar. 
when you go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast. I'm going to leave that there for a second for the, for the uh, YouTube viewers, but I'm going to say it one more time for the audio listeners. That's patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast. And if you donate $1 per episode, we're going to record four, maybe six, eight, who knows? It's a very small investment to get in on these hand signed Jersey giveaways. We're not doing the weekly giveaways anymore, folks. I'm sorry, but, logistics got a little too much for me i'm a busy person i I have a day job and i I run this sports media company so and also we're getting a lot of people that are getting involved in the patreon that are outside of the united states so shipping costs are going way above and beyond what the puck actually costs so let's uh, we're not going to do that anymore we're just going to do the monthlies save some time but we're going to continue those throughout the season and I have about six uh, jerseys that I picked up. Uh, Derek Sanderson, Jerry Cheevers, Rick Middleton, um, and I think I got another Don Marcotte. So we have five months uh, of jerseys that we're going to give away. So check it out. It's a great thing to do, and it helps us um, pay the bills of this uh, small sports media company. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I also want to plug something else real quick, if you don't mind, Kevin. I am starting a new hockey podcast, and it's called the Providence Hockey Report. And this podcast is going to be completely dedicated to everything Providence hockey, transactions from the AHL to the uh, ECHL main Mariners, and so on, and uh, game updates and, and blah, 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 uh, player interviews and coach interviews and uh, highlights because we uh, are now officially um, a um, not a supplier – but we did have we did get permission from the American Hockey League to use uh, clips and audio for for highlight packages. So, uh, as as media members, we're allowed to use that stuff on AHL TV. So we're pretty freaking stoked about that. And if you want to follow the uh, uh, Providence Hockey Report, uh, it's at AHL Bruins Report, and you can follow those that that program on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other worldwide heavy hitters. And I'd certainly appreciate if you did follow that and uh, give a five-star rating over there as well. And do that to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast too. <laughs> I guess the big news right today during this during the offseason as we come down to um, 24 days to the Boston Bruins drop the puck on the 2022-23 season, the, the news is the prospect challenge out in the, uh, in the Harbor Center in Buffalo, New York. Um, and it's ex- exciting lineup, in my opinion. Uh, I thought they did pretty well uh, on Friday night. Uh, let's get some information on that. The, uh, the Bruins played the Ottawa Senators, and they, uh, and they won 5-4. to four. Luke uh, Toporowski, uh, he got two goals in the game. Fabian Lysel and Mark McLaughlin each score. And John Beecher gets the game winner. Uh, exciting game. Um, man, I, that Lysel, he is an unbelievable player when he gets the puck and, and goes in on a two-on-one shorthand and it just uh, absolutely snipes it. Um, but it was good to see uh, Toporowski uh, get two goals, and he's in, on an AHL-only contract. So uh, I'm sure he's going to get some future looks from the uh, NHLBs if, to see if there's uh, a place in, in the future for them. But uh, great to see Mark McLaughlin skating hard. And uh, Johnny Beecher continues to, like, really bring his game and elevate it from the uh, development camp that we saw, and uh, which I saw was one of his best development camps, and just really carrying it into the Prospects Challenge to really try to earn 
a, a roster spot with the NHL club when the uh, when when training camp starts um, this month, not too far away. Preseason games are actually less than a week away against the Philadelphia Flyers. Can you uh, can you dig that, Kevin? I can dig the hell out of it. And uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I was unable to um, uh, watch it. Uh, I actually had no idea the Bruins were even streaming it. I had no idea. Um, it was newest to me when the game was pretty much over. Um, but from the clips that I've seen, uh, Lee Sell, I mean, that two-on-one like you were talking about, um, he was he did something that is a thorn in a lot of Bruins fans' sides. Um, well, not not what he did, but... Well, yeah, what he what the team usually does in that situation is tries try and force a pass. They'll try to force a pass to make that, you know, two on one play, you know, that one T or whatever it may be, give and go. And it's nice to see a player kind of understand this is what this play is dictating and this is what I need to do and get a good shot off. And he scored, which is great. But I want to see more of that moving forward for the Bruins club. Uh, John Beecher, um, another player who had a solid game there. I think that for him, he's really pushing really hard to make an NHL roster right now. I mean, he said it in his own comments in an interview. Um, I don't know if it was post-Ottawa game or if it was slightly before or maybe a day after, but it was very recent that he had this um, this comment. And I'm really excited to see what he can bring. He's a big body. Currently, he's sitting around 215, which is um, a good size for him. He said he feels most comfortable at this weight on on the ice. So I'm excited to see him continue his trend, and hopefully he uh, pots a few more and really turns some heads in uh, training camp coming up. I'm sure he'll get an invite. So Yeah, uh, Beach's North and South game and these prospect challenge uh, games have been uh, fun to see. Uh, Just a big kid that's really pushing to earn a spot. And if he doesn't get it, it's not a bad thing for him to go down and play a full season in the AHL. Uh, he, after leaving Michigan at the end of the last season, an unfortunate way of, of doing it with a, such a loaded roster, I thought it was going to be national champions. I called it at the end, at the beginning of the season, and uh, it was good on him to to not sign pro and um, and, and try to be with the boys for for one more kick um, at, at the uh, at a national championship, regardless of what that. I'm going to say piece of shit, Mel Pearson. I, I really, you know, I really didn't, I, I really liked Mel before I heard all this stuff. And do you know what happened? No, I don't. He was uh, really behind the scenes. Um, and, and Steve Shields, former Boston Bruins goaltender, um, was the goaltending coach or an assistant coach for uh, Mel Pearson on the uh, Michigan State Wolverines. And he blew the whistle on, on um, Mel Pearson treating players and staff really bad and, and uh, calling one player. Uh, I'm not going to say it on this program because I think it's rude, but um, um, a player that is like an is from Israel or something like that. You get it. Yep. And I'm not going to say the word cause I hate it. Um, but yeah, I guess he called a player that and, and got called out for it and, now there's an investigation, and obviously he's been fired and so on. So um, who knows if any of that had uh, gotten John Beach's head while he's playing right. at Michigan. But hopefully this upcoming season, whether it be in the NHL or the American Hockey League, he gets a fresh start. And it looks like he's really trying hard, and I like to see it. So uh, he's going to be a welcome addition, hopefully on that top line. We'll talk about the uh, Providence Bruins lineup later on and my kind of idea of where that's going. 
But uh, when we talk about uh, Saturday afternoon, which would be yesterday, uh, the game against the Pittsburgh Penguins, unfortunately, the uh, the Boston Bruins lost six to four. Uh, they were down and out uh, in the beginning of the game, but really came back and, and put four goals up uh, quickly to uh, try to get back into the game, but just couldn't do it. But um, uh, camp invite Ryan Humphrey, he got two goals. So he's uh, showing a lot of good promise uh, for his future. And, and hopefully the Bruins could keep an eye on him. Um, I'm not sure exactly where he's going. I, I think he might be going back to school. I'm not totally sure. But um, my bad for not doing the research on that, Mr. Kevin. Uh, That's okay. Curtis Hall, he got a goal. I'd really like to see him uh, step up his game this season. I know he's got some offensive skill. Uh, um, It just seems like the past two seasons, he was really trying to be that more of an aggressor, uh, you know, that that, that, um, the 9-12 kind of like, you know, player Uh, when when I – when I saw him at uh, Yale University, I thought more or less he could be a top six guy. But uh, I know he's got the offensive capabilities to do it. I just want to see him put it all together and, and get some more finish in his game. And John Beecher got the uh, the fourth goal of the of the, uh, of the game against Pittsburgh. So he continued to, uh, to keep that point streak going in this prospects challenge. Then that's it for that. Uh, you know, as I, as I mentioned, the Bruins lost six to four. The next Prospects Challenge game is actually tomorrow, and I think it's at 10.30 uh, on Monday morning. So, unfortunately, I'm going to be missing that one. Uh, And, you know what, talking about this Prospects Challenge, I'm really disappointed in a lot of the NHL teams that don't cover this. Um, I really think that in today's hockey and the way that we have the exposure to research online, Kevin, Mm-hmm. It, there's not more teams that are streaming this because right. a, a guy like me who loves covering the prospects wants to see stuff like that. And, and even the people that don't get into like prospects die hard, like myself and you and, and Dom and so on, you know, they just want to see hockey, you know, they, they're getting an itch just to get it. And they want it, you know, they could just go and see a game. That's fine. But it's in, I think it's important moving forward, and I really hope the Boston Bruins organization saw the tweets that Dom put out and him asking for retweets about the Bruins putting a, a live stream out there because there is a thirst for watching these kids at these particular moments that are trying, really trying to fight for a roster spot, and I think that it, it, they should do their due diligence and give us what we need. Yeah, I agree. I mean, how much money does it really cost to I – mean, televise these not even televised stream you yeah. know it's fine you know the streaming's fine but um because i'm assuming the pittsburgh game i don't think was streamed correct no pittsburgh right. didn't even do it nor did boston wasn't streamed at all i just i, I i'm pretty sure ottawa is streaming all of them yeah um i want to say buffalo is yeah yeah i want to say buffalo is so i just don't understand it it's like you want you want people to learn more about the up and coming players, televise it or stream it or whatever you need to do. I mean, you have Nesson Plus. I mean, what are they playing on Nesson Plus right now or during the games? What Charlie Moore reruns? I mean, <laughs> come on, you can't put something more important on there. I mean, open up your purse and send a couple guys out there. Send a you know um, you know a videographer out there and just do do a televised game on Nesson Plus for it. I mean we're a hockey town. Yeah. Why wouldn't you be 
excited to get up. I mean, why would other people not be excited to get up for this? I mean, it's just, it's very strange to me. If the Bruins are too cheap to do it, put then put out a, a streaming package, like $10 for Bruins fans, you know? I mean, and I'll even go to tell you that I was kind of disappointed in the stream because it was just the game. Nobody was calling the game. Nobody was saying names. You just had to watch and kind of guess on who it was because you're trying right. to, you know, if people obviously have better eyes than I do. But I couldn't see the numbers. I couldn't see the action. So kind of rely on uh, people, you know, telling me what the play is going on. So it would have been nice to have somebody there. But regardless, we move on. I think it's time to talk about the amazing Can I Wellness company. Can I Wellness offers you a distinct experiences for the different challenges you may face throughout the day. Can I sleep? Can I mend? Can I fresh? And can I boost? It's the trusted brand for sports, fitness, and wellness households. With over 50 vitamins, nutrients, and herbal extracts in four uh, compact sprays, it's the most convenient way to get back on track with no pills, water, or messy powders. 90% of nutrients in these oral sprays are absorbed in less than 30 seconds. It's like an entire health food store in your pocket and is endorsed by Olympians, NHL players, and pro sports stars who rely on the Can I Wellness company to support high performance. Let's talk about each product. Can I Boost allows you to skip the coffee and sugary snacks and energize the healthy way. Use daily before a workout, when studying for an exam, and other times you need to increase clarity, stamina, and concentration. Can I Men provides the after-party liver support. It works fast to relieve hangovers in the morning after drinking. This unique oral spray, spray supplement is blended with 11 vegan vitamins and herbal extracts to re replenish your body to combat headaches, sickness, and lack of energy. Can I Fresh reduces stress and gives your body an immune system boost. Whether you're nervous before a presentation or need to calm down after a hectic day, the 11 natural and vegan ingredients in Can I Fresh make the uh, edge off working, take the edge off working, uh, making you tired or unmotivated. Uh, can I Sleep? This is the all natural and vegan sleep aid is convenient for fa and fast absorbing. No mixing beverages, no uh, waiting for gummies to kick in. Just spray, roll over, and snooze. Control your doses, dosage on how much you sleep. If you want to try these amazing Can I Wellness all-natural oral sprays, please go to caniwellness.com and use our promo code BNG25. That's BNG25 to get 25% everything off the caniwellness.com website. We thank Can I Wellness for sponsoring this episode and our weekly Boston Bruins-related podcast. Oh boy, that was a little tough ad read there for me. <laughs> Jeez. But anyway, back talking bees. Back talking bees. Um, today's uh, news came out that um, John, former Boston Bruins Johnny Boychuk and 2001 Stanley Cup champion is joining the New York Islanders uh, in a player development role. Um, good on Johnny Boychuk to uh, to stay in hockey. Unfortunately, that eye injury was just too much to bear, and and he couldn't do it. I mean, that kind of reminded me of the old days of like uh, Brian Barrard. Remember him? Uh, I do not. Uh, he he got a stick to the eye, and it was freaking nasty. And uh, he was a Bruin. He was a Bruin. What year for, was this? I don't. <laughs> you got numbers. I'm not good with the numbers. Um, and I'm not. Was good I with alive? Years. I think so. <laughs> 
but he played for the Bruins for one season and he and he actually played um with one with vision only only in one eye. So um yeah, regardless of um of my lack of history, um what do you think about Johnny Boychuk and his new role with the Islanders? I think it's great. I'm happy for him. I mean, he was um his time here was fantastic. I think any Bruins fan out there will tell you he was hard hitting. He had a beautiful shot from the blue line that always was able to find its way through. Um, he played a lot of second pair of minutes for this team. He's won a Stanley cup here. I mean, you got to love Johnny Boychuk and it's great to see that he was able to find himself his own place in hockey after such a incident, you know, that he had with his eye. Yeah, absolutely. Fan favorite. Uh, throughout his career and you, you know, you got to really consider how hard he worked. Um, he was throughout the minor pros going from place to place, trying to, to get a job and trying to crack the NHL roster was out in Colorado, I believe. And um, was with their farm system and uh, couldn't make things work. Became a free agent, came to Providence. Um, the Bruins picked them up, came to Providence. And after that, it was just, his uh his path to the NHL and and consecutive games and years was pretty much cream cheese after that. So, um, yeah, good on him to continue with the 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 hockey career, but in a, in a role that he gives back to the younger players that are learning and developing. So much like what Adam McQuaid's doing here in Boston and and uh, with the Providence kids and so on. Um, so good on. Johnny Boychuk, and uh, and best of luck uh, in his continued career with the New York Islanders organization. Absolutely. Um, geez, uh, we talked about the goaltending last week, and um, I wanted to – well, this is basically your idea. So we went from goaltending. So this week we're going to talk about the defense and our thoughts on on what we're, what we're going to see, who needs to step it up, and, um, you know – Obviously, we're going to be without Matt Grizzlick and Charlie McAvoy. And uh, uh, Mike Riley seems to be on track to start the season on time. But to me, he's really not a huge benefiting factor like a guy like McAvoy or even a guy like Grizzlick can be. Um, but for me, I just I just want that next man up mentality to really come to fruition in these early months of this 2022-23 season because it's going to be needed. I really don't want to see this team go out and do anything outside of the organization. I don't really don't think there's anything left on the free agent list to, that you can actually pick from. So it's going to have to be done internally. You're going to have to see players like Jakob Sporo. We've been pumping his tires for since last year before yep. he got injured. You know, uh, he's going to need to pick it up. Uh, Brandon Carlo is one that I'm really gravitating to on um, on turnaround season. I think he really needs um, a big one here. Or if I'm not mistaken, this probably could be his last road uh, out. No, I agree with you. I think that, um, you know, Brandon Carlo is a player that really needs to step it up. Um, there's some issues with his game last season that came, that was pretty apparent as far as, uh, his willing, to, his willingness to kind of get his body involved, um, which is something he seemed to stray away from a bit. Um, just a, a little bit of positioning stuff, but I think he's going to have a good bounce back year. Um, I think he'll be playing a lot with Riley and Grizzly, of course. Um, I, like you said, I think Riley will be able to start off the year. I don't think that's going to be an issue. Um, 
let's at least hope so, because if not, then that's going to throw another wrench into everything. We're already down Grizzlick, McAvoy. Um, being able to have a guy like Mike Riley in there to kind of buffer things until we're able to get at least Grizzlick back, which I think is going to be the end of October, if not like my birthday in November, which is the second, by the way. For anyone out there, my birthday is November 2nd. You know, there it is. But um, it's just one of those things where a guy like Jakob Saboral, as you said, he really needs to be able to come in and do exactly what he was doing last season before he was injured. Um, because I think there's definitely some top four minutes for him to be had, especially early on in the season. And I think he should be able to just jump right up and grab him. Yeah, I agreed. Totally agree with that. Um, yeah, I, I really want to see I'm not sure, I don't have cap friendly in front of me, but I believe this next season is a real evaluator for the Bruins brass to really gauge on, on what we are getting out of Brandon Carlo and the future of him with this uh, franchise. What do you got, Kev? Typing in cap friendly here. Okay. What is it you're looking for? Uh, uh, John, I'm Johnny Boychuk. I'm sorry. Uh, Brandon Carlo. Uh, how many more years does he have? Uh, let's see. So he has signed through. It won't let me uh, slide over to the right for some odd reason. Uh, but what I can tell you is let me just go ahead and click on his name, and that should tell me. Yeah, that'll tell you. Um, Carlo Brandon. Carlo Brandon. Mr. Carlo Brandon. Um, so he signed a six-year contract. Last year was his first year of the contract. So he has five more years remaining. Never mind then. I thought he was coming down to the uh, the latter part of his um, that contract. And uh, this season, this is big though. This season, he has no trade clause whatsoever. Nothing. Okay, so this season and then further on to the end of his deal, he's he's got no trade protection, correct? From 2023-24 to the end of his contract in 2026-27, he has a minimal no trade clause. Okay. So it might be a little difficult. I mean, he, for me, he's got to have a, a banner year, really shut down style. I'm not asking the guy to, like, be overly offensive and so on, but – um, a little more better gap control, uh, less turnovers, uh, be a little more physical. Use that big body, man. He's that's what I really liked about his addition coming out of um Tri City in the WHL. Uh, and he goes from the dub right to the NHL. I was like, well, this guy's got size, he can actually really, you know, play really well. But as his uh, career continues, it's just seeing less and less of those good things. Hopefully, he's still not hindering. Um, from the idea of uh, getting into certain areas and possibly getting his bell rung again. I know that concussions are not a not, nothing to joke about, uh, but they can be one of those um, factors is of when you go in and actually, you know, get into those dirty areas. Um, mm-hmm. So hopefully he changes that all around and, and has a better year. But if at all possible, if he doesn't have a good year, I really think that, that the Bruins should move him. Um, right. Try to find something for him to free up that roster spot. I'm I'm not sure about the timeline, but it almost seems like, you know, um, Mason Lowry is going to Ohio State this upcoming season. I thought mm-hmm. we all thought he was going to sign pro, but he's going back <laughs> to school for one more year. Um, you know, wants to wants to learn more. You know, he wants to get a little bit of an education before he turns pro. I totally get that. I respect that a lot. But I kind of feel like the Brandon Carlo roster spot should be 
uh, Mason Lorize when he's available for NHL time, whether it be a full year in the AHL previous to, you know, NHL time shortly after. I think that that second, um, the second line defensive line is a good spot for Mason to be. Um, and cause he's, he's got, he's a big body. He can play off a very offensive defenseman, really engage and stuff like that. But obviously remains to be seen. We haven't seen him at a pro level yet. So just my thoughts. No, I agree with you. And another thing about that contract, Mark. So the clause details is 2023 to 24 and 2024 to 25. He has a 10 team, no trade list. Okay. Uh, 2025 to 26 season. He has an eight team, no trade list. And then 2026 to 27. He has a three team, no trade list, but here's the kicker. If you don't trade him this season, if let's say he, you know, has a bad year or whatever it may be, um, next year his total salary to be paid out is five five point seven mil. So that's over the four point one AAV. So it becomes a little bit harder to move um, this season, though. <laughs> if you're looking to move him, his base salary is three point five. So, I mean, I know teams will probably look into the future and see kind of what needs to be paid out um, because following that 4.7, you then have 5.4 the following season, then 4.2, and then in this final season, it is 3.2. So 3.25 to be exact. Um, so it's um, it's definitely – I mean, if this player plays how he's supposed to, the way we know he can, this is a steal of a contract. Right. But right. he needs to be able to put it together. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that Carlo was terrible last season because he wasn't no. terrible, but he didn't live up to what we need of him. Um, and we're going to need that early on. So Brandon Carlo is definitely a big one. Um, another name we should talk about, Hampus Lindholm. Um, Hampus Lindholm, that's a guy that had some injury issues with the Bruins. When he came over, I, th- I believe he played 10 games. I believe he played 10 games and it's no fault to his. It's no, it's not his fault. Stuff does happen. Um, but his contract, I mean, you look at that, you got a, uh, he's got a no trade clause, no movement clause. Um, you know, so he's, is that, uh, is that throughout the eight years? So his no movement clause is until 2026, 27. Then the final three seasons, he has a minimal no trade clause. Um, which is a 15-team no-trade list for for okay. those three years. So, okay. it, and his base salary in those three years is 4.8. So, it's a movable contract at that point. Um, you know, the later you get into it, if you need to move him, but he's got another one that you're going to need to step up. You're going to need him to stay healthy, um, and and he's going to be able to step up if, if he's healthy. I'm not saying that he had a bad season last last year because he didn't. He was when when on the ice, he was a difference maker especially when he was paired with McAvoy. They were fantastic together. Um, I didn't really care for what I saw when it came down to Lindholm and a Carlo pairing. I think that was there was a lot of issues there. I wonder – actually, I don't wonder. I know that Montgomery is going to be looking at that at camp and seeing if they can kind of get them to mesh well, which might be great for a guy like Brandon Carlo. I do want to see that Jakob Zaboral and uh, Lindholm pairing just to give them some, you know um, – uh, some balance in that top four, 
But if it ends up being a Carlo and Lindholm pairing, what better way to get Carlo really going, really moving, and just being able to have that stay-at-home presence than to pair him with a guy like Lindholm? He hasn't had a chance to play with like with a player like that because yeah. him and McAvoy they're on the right they're they're on the same side. So throughout his career, he's been playing with the likes of like Grizzlick, Forbort, Riley, you know Krug. He, I mean, and Krug. I mean, he's great offensively, but defensively, I mean, Jesus, yeah. you know, that's that's a tough one for me. So uh, I never really pegged Tory Krug as a top four defenseman, and I still don't to this day. I don't yeah. think he's a top four guy just in the sense of his defensive play. That's you're a defenseman. You know, I understand the, the offense is fantastic. I love the offense, but it, it just wasn't there for me. So when I look at Brandon Carlo, he's never really had a chance to play with a player of Lindholm's character. Uh, um uh, an echelon I'll go with, but um, so I'm excited to see what they can do in training camp and maybe some preseason games. And if it doesn't work out in training camp, do not force it. I hope Montgomery doesn't do something like that. Try something else. We already know Riley and um, Carlo can work and um, possibly Zaboral can work really good with Lindholm. So we'll see on that front. And uh, I'm looking forward to the addition of John Gruden, uh, who's going to be the defensive coach and how he gets the most out of these players, particularly in the early months when, when those players are, are still mending from their surgeries or, or recovering from previous surgeries and so on. Um, I think that he's he's the type of uh, coach that can be, you know, that, that player coach, but he can actually push when needed. So uh, it should be interesting on how both uh, Jim Montgomery and John Gruden uh, get this team to play a better defensive style. I think it's time to hear about our show sponsor, betonline.ag. Football is back, and betonline.ag is your number one source for all your football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football odds, news, and game matchups, including this year's opening week's games. Betonline.ag is your continued source for all your wagering information, including live betting, free contests, and live scores. Always the fastest and easiest way to get all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to the betonline.ag website to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use our promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Oh, your dog's happy about this Bet Online ad. Love it. Not my not my dog. That <laughs> thing better quiet down. <laughs> but regardless of the neighbor's uh, pooch, betonline.ag. It's where the game starts. It's, I love that. <laughs> that was a good timing, actually. <laughs> good stuff. All right. We are back talking bees as usual. Um, the next one on the list is uh, Jake DeBrusque. Um, back at uh, captain's practices and, and in front of the media again. And, um, you know, um, I, I com- totally understand that the media has a job to do. And, and some of them have to, you know, put out those tough questions. But I, it really, to me, looks like Jake's getting a little uncomfortable with um, the trade uh, request. And then now he rescinded the trade request. And, but he's still getting questions. But in an interview last week, I saw on uh, Bruins' Twitter – um, he just looked very uncomfortable and like really wants to move forward. And um, is it, and I hate to say this, but is that the catalyst for 
like Bruins media to continue this going on to make him push to be better? Or is it just a ploy to get into his head to figure out why he made the trade request in the first place? They're trying to get him to to answer it how they want them, how they want him to answer it. And in in their perfect world, the way Jake DeBrusque would answer that question is I hate Bruce Cassidy and I didn't want to be here because of him. That is how they want him to word it. Now, whether you believe that's the reason or not, I'm not here to dispute or to argue whether he did, whether that's the reason or not. He just wants to get past it. And, you know, I think berating this player over, you know, looking for an answer, you're not entitled to an answer. You know, his, his privacy is up to him. If he doesn't want to come out and say the exact reason why they're, you know, the, the request was out there to be traded and why he rescinded it, you have to respect that and just hope that he can, you know, get himself to a point where he's ready to move forward, which it seems that's where he is. He, he seems co- completely committed to coming in and playing his hardest with, uh, for this team. And you got to respect that. And he's here to stay. I myself am happy about that. Mark knows that, you know, I've had my gripes with um, Jake DeBrusque, you know, over the past two seasons. But at the end of the day, he showed up when we really needed him down the stretch, um, you know, playing uh, top line minutes and became one of our best goal scorers. So you need to respect that. You need to see what he can do this season and see if he can put a full season together. Because I'll tell you this, if Jake DeBrusque can put a full season together, uh, he could score 40 goals. No problem. No problem. That kid could score 40 goals. He's, he's, he's a talented player and he's got jets. He's fast. Um, he will, he will not be with um, Brad Marchand to start the season, obviously, uh, which Brad Marchand did say he's aiming for a late November comeback. Yep. That's big news, big news. Now, if he hits that, that is, you know, of course, other news to be seen, but as of right now, that is his goal. And I think that's very promising. So, with him not getting that start with that player, that now leaves Bergeron, and it looks like Zaka is going to be playing with Bergeron. That's what yeah. that's what we seem to be seeing here. And Bergeron wants Zaka to be a shoot first guy, so it's almost like Bergeron's going into this like I have these two kids who are hungry as hell, and I want them both to score a bunch of goals, and I think yeah. that's a great position to be in. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. Why not? Uh, you know. Marshan's not going to be around, so the best the best way to success is to get Pavel Zaka on that top line, comfortable with Bergeron. They're working together. They're working out together. Uh, it seems like they're going to be line mates. I th- I like it. I like the fact is that Zaka is going in and, sh- and wanting to shoot more. Um, and you know, it's almost it's almost like Bergeron's now taking the Krejci role on that line. Like uh, I'm going to feed the puck to you guys, and you guys do whatever you need to do. And, and and that's not a bad thing to do. So even if even if Jake DeBrus gets 30, 30, 30 goals, I'm I'm pleased with that. You know, absolutely. And 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 particularly if you can do it early, where we're going to need goal scoring to make up for some um, some of the losses on the back end, and even Marshan on the on, on the uh, offensive side of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, more pucks in the net is just going to create that much of a gap. So if you do make a mistake, you happen to make a turnover. You're not dead in the water. You can still, you know, you, you're still above, above the, uh, your nose above the water and still grinding it out. So, I mean, I, 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 the lineup doesn't just scream to me like Stanley Cup, but I'm really excited about 
how Jim Montgomery and John Gruden are going to orchestrate um, moving forward in the early months when nobody's, when some players aren't going to be here right into when they come back and, and hopefully December, that's when they really start to march up the standings. I'm still thinking it's going to be a wild card situation with the Boston Bruins, but they're going to make the playoffs. I, I like that idea, but who knows? Anything could happen. A new voice in the room could spark a lot of different types of energy, and we could right. actually see this team possibly get a fourth uh, in the Atlantic, possibly third in the Atlantic, depending on how other powerhouse teams in that division do to begin their years. Yep. Absolutely agree. I mean, and one way that I look at this team, um, you know, I know that I'm not going to say it's like a complete long shot for them to win a cup because as we know, you get in, you have a chance. And always the team I like to go to is that, um, that uh, Los Angeles Kings team made it in as an eighth seed, went to the cup finals, won. And they stayed relevant after that. You know, yep. they, it's, it wasn't a fluke. They won again a year, not, not the following season, but a season after. Yep. So, you know, I look at that and I, and I, I think to myself, what does this team have that could end up in a Stanley cup championship this season? And what I look at is drive and passion. This team has a ton of that. Patrice Bergeron, we don't know if he's going to be here next season. While we may speculate yes or no, we technically do not know. And this team, and I'm not going to say this team's going to only want to win it for Bergeron. They're going to want to win it for themselves too. But knowing that you have a guy like that in this locker room, um, and then, you know, Martian's there. He's not getting any younger. Uh, David Pasenak really wants to win a cup. He's already came out and said, I haven't won yet, and I regret that. I want, well, not regret. I guess that wasn't the proper translation, but I want to win. Um, th- there's just so much in that room to kind of mold around, you know, you got Jake DeBrusque who wants to come and be an absolute force. You got Nick Felino who has came out and said that, I mean, now he has said that he's in the best shape of his life. Are we positive? That's true. Who knows, but his spirits are up and you got to root for him. You got to hope that he has a back, uh, a bounce back season. Cause that 3.8 is there, right? Yeah. And it's going to be there. He's not going anywhere. So yeah. so hard to get I mean, rid of. Yeah, so you better hope that he is, you know, on his game. Even if he gives you 30 points, even if he gives you 30, 35 points and he ends up being on a, you know, on on a, uh, well, that would technically, I don't know if he's going to get 30, 35 points from the fourth line, but he could. You never know because Thomas Nosek did that with Vegas in on basically a fourth line for most of the season. He, he put up, um, God, how many points did he put up? I think it was like I don't I don't remember exactly, but I know he was on pace at least to you know have similar numbers to that. Could you imagine though if your fourth line had two players who put up like thirty points? That'd be sick. That'd be sick. You know, because I mean, no set can do it. Felino yeah. can do it, and they got a guy in Steen who is going to work his ass off. It's got to. I mean, if he doesn't make the NHL club, is I mean that waiver wire is, is a is a is a uh, serious reality. Yeah. So, I mean, it's you, what I'm looking at is I'm looking at a lot of drive. I see a team that if they get in, they do have the talent there, too. I mean, look when healthy. And this is before the deadline. Look at their top six before the deadline. Look at their bottom six. A line of Zaka, 
Coyle and Smith as your third line. I mean, uh, there's so many NHL teams out there who would kill for that to be their third line. No kidding. I mean, that's a fantastic third line to have. I mean, you may actually, and then, you know, when you, so when you go into the deadline, I mean, what do you really need at that point? You just adding in some, you know, some nice little pieces to complement everything. I mean, it's, they're not, the goaltending, you know, another year of Allmark and Swayman, I think they're going to be absolutely fine. I don't think goaltending is the reason why you lost to Carolina in seven games. That's right. I don't, I, I, I just see a team that was battling a lot of shit at once and weren't able to get the scoring they really needed. And that's what their demise was. I mean, not being able to play well in Carolina, that was tough. I mean, I think this team is better this year than they were last year. I can say that. I go. mean, they lost Hollow, but they added Zaka and they added back Krejci. You're better. Yep. Even if Krejci doesn't, you know, come out and give you 70 points, let's say he gives you 50 points or 55 points, you're still better. I mean, it's just yeah, – I don't foresee that, by the way, 50 or 55 points from Krejci, barring injury, of course. <laughs> but I, I don't know. It's um, There's there's a hope to this season is all I'm trying to say. I, I, I'm with you. I, I don't peg them as a, the Stanley Cup winners this year, but there's definitely a hope. Hope's a great word, you know, because I hope everybody in these past episodes that we've been working with uh, Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia have written down the information and went to his Facebook page and shared and like all the stuff for some free, free hand signed stuff. But we want to uh, thank Bruce for staying with us for a whole season last year. And we're under contract for another season this year. So we're really looking forward to working with him and getting these hand-signed jerseys to give away on our Patreon giveaway. So uh, let's hear from Bruce, and we'll talk about hashtag Pastor Nasty on the, on the other side. Hello, Bruins fans. This is Bruce from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our Black and Gold Memorabilia Moment of the Week. On Saturday, September 17th, we hosted a signing with 1980 Olympic hockey gold medalist and former Bruin, Dave Silk. Take home a Dave Silk JSA photo or puck starting at just $39, a Miracle on Ice puck for just $44, or a Silk JSA autographed jersey with inscription for just $99. In October, we welcome back Bruins legend Andy Moog. Stay tuned also, for an upcoming Adam McQuaid signing. To learn more about our dozens of hand-signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, or email us directly at bostonsportsandmusic at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! <laughs> All right, guys, we're back talking bees. We just heard from Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Spice up that fan cave because you need it. I'm not going to freak Kevin out again this week. Just get in touch with Bruce and, and black and gold that room throughout. So, Speaking of blinds, though, even though you didn't speak of them yet, I need <laughs> to uh, close these ones because, geez, the sun is killing my eyes right now. <laughs> Jesus, you got sun and we got overcast up here in the North Shore. I was, right. I was uh I was in the North Shore actually earlier. Where? Cool. Um I was in Natick. 
Oh, Natick. That's not North Shore. Is, is that it? is that North Shore? No, no. Like like Newbyport would be North Shore for me. Um, Amesbury, North Shore. I don't know. But Natick was North North Shore for some reason. It could be. I could be totally wrong. But I'm it's sure I'll get. I'll, I'm sure I think, I'll get, I think it's more east. Yeah, I'll get, more I'll, east. I'm sure I'll get corrected on the uh, on the tweet machine after people hear this. Yeah, we're back talking bees, and uh, why not just jump right into uh, the interview that David Pasternak had? Um, he did show up to captain's practices last week. I, I believe it was Friday, Thursday or Friday, and um, uh, spoke to the media. And obviously, the media went completely after him and said. <laughs> you know, stuff about the contract and this and that. And, um, you know, and David came out and, and, and candidly just said, listen, I love Boston. I love playing here. I love my teammates and I want to stay here. So it's a little bit of a comforting factor for Boston Bruins fans that are absolutely losing their shit because he's not signed yet. And, and I just don't, I really don't get the fan freak out about why a player who is under contract for another season has to like be signed as, as soon as possible. I get that you want to lock him up and so on. He's, he's a, he's an absolute elite player. He's a threat on the power play. That one time is absolutely freaking um, a howitzer, but I just don't understand why the continued hate for the Boston Bruins organization and not locking up a player that still has a whole year of term. Now, listen, stop freaking out a week before freaking, um, uh, the NHL trade deadline that is um, was came out yesterday. That's going to be on March third. So mark that down on your calendars. March third. Back 4th. to normal. Yeah, exactly. So, it, you know, if you're a week outside of that, then you start freaking out about what you're going to do and and what assets you're going to get in because you do not want to have a David Pasternak say, "I'm going to test free agency." Well, let's see where we go from there, and then I'll circle around and see if your office still holds the same. Uh, because pretty much, if anybody's throwing 10, 5, 11 at David Pasternak, he's gone. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 hopefully, he takes the discount and so on here in Boston. But if things go don't go right, then I mean, he has the ultimate choice to to go wherever he wants. But I don't want to get to a point where the Bruins are pushed into a corner where they have to like um, decide that, you know, if you're going to make a trade, do it and, and get something for him before he walks out the door. I know many people are, are comparing this to like the Tory Krug, which is totally different in, in my opinion, totally, totally different caliber this. player, totally different. And yeah. Um, so this is the type of player, in my opinion, that you would trade to start a rebuild. And if you move him, you're gonna you're gonna get a lot of assets back to um, really improve in the next year or two. So we'll see what happens. But it's it's just a comforting thing for me personally. I like David Pasternak; he's a great kid, and uh, I, I want to see him here for a long period of time. But um, I just don't get the free, fan freak out as of right now. Yeah, I mean, he said that you know cuz he when he was asked about the contract and where they're at this and that he, you know he decided to say hey i haven't had a normal summer in 2 years yeah okay i'm enjoying my summer i'm enjoying getting myself physically and mentally prepared to come in and give my all to help this team win uh he said playing with david Krejci over um for the um in the tournament overseas really rejuvenated 
um, you know, his, his love for playing hockey, because you could totally tell there was times last season where he was going through the motions and rightfully so. I mean, when you go through a tragic situation, like him and his uh, wife and the rest of his family or uh, fiance, I, I don't know if they, I think fiance, but whatever his significant other, we'll just say that um, what they went through in their family with losing a child. I mean, that's got to be really hard. Um, so you know, he's getting himself back on his horse. He's ready to play. And he said it. I love here. I love it here in Boston. This is where I became a man. This is where I became the the player I am today. And I'm. he also said he's very optimistic that they will get a deal done. So you got to look at what he said and you got to take it at face value. Absolutely. Now, part of me really would love to stir the pot with oh. the Bruins fans oh, because – it's a lot of fun to do that. One of his comments. Are you breaking out um, your inner Andrew Taverna? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. But one of his comments was, we have a whole season. He said, we have a whole season. If I were to be a pessimist, I would take that comment and I would say to myself, yeah, he has a whole season to really shine, to really make himself look really good. So that way, when July 1st comes along, he can just go ahead and sell himself to the highest bidder. Yeah. I don't uh, think that's going to happen, but I mean, he had a lot of things that he was saying about, you know, that's my agents, you know, he's my agents taking care of it. My agent takes care of it. Blah, blah, blah. Almost like he has no care to have any say in it and just wants his agent to just figure it out. And I guarantee his agent is starting high. Yeah. He has to be. Yeah. Um, so maybe he's betting on himself. Maybe he's seeing what he can have for a uh, season before he signs a contract. And I'm not saying that that's what it is. It's just another side of the coin. Cause you got to look at both sides of the coin. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want anyone to freak out about those comments. Of course. Well, actually, yeah, do it. It'd be funny. <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things where you look at the situation. He loves it here in Boston. He wants to stay. So yeah. uh, and hopefully it does. Um, you know, in into the season or or just before whatever, much like he did in his uh, in his first contract, when him and Charlie McAvoy held out right to the day before training camp happened, or the day of first day of training camp, and you know went from there. So hopefully, that's the same thing. Just uh, take your time and get it done. And um, yeah, <laughs> Jesus, think about it though, Mark. I, I see a He's... Twitter I see a Twitter poll in your future. <laughs> yeah, think about this though. He said, I'm not really focused on a contract right now. I'm really focused on my team and helping them win and this and that, blah, 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 blah. And I think to myself a little bit here, if you were so focused on your team and the place you love and wanting to play here, this and that, wouldn't you want to hammer out this contract extension this summer so it is not a distraction moving forward? True. No, that's Just food true. for thought. But also, also, when on that thought, when you said earlier, it's going to be a long, it's going to be a year. Maybe he's just counting on himself. Like, like you said, the past two seasons, the past two summers have not been good at all. Maybe this is a fresh start that maybe a, a small distraction like a contract negotiation isn't really going to bother a player like that. It might get done earlier than many people expected uh, during yeah. the regular season. So everything remains to be seen right now. If I'm not mistaken, his, his agents, JP Barry, 
I could be wrong. I think that, so. But he's a, he's a bit of a stickler as, as well when it comes down yeah. to agents and and holding out to the very last minute before you know you're actually pushed into a corner to get things done. So um, you know I, I'm 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 I feel good about this this deal getting done because he's really is a cornerstone of this organization moving forward, particularly offensive. You know, yep. and and if we could just he. If he can continue to learn to carry the puck with that speed and not turn it over, man, this this guy could be like a 60-70 goal scorer. Right. You know? If I were to be a betting man. Go to bet online. Well, actually, you know what? No, not a betting man. But if I were to guess, if I were to guess where it's at right now, I'd have to say Pasenak's camp is probably somewhere between $10.5 and $11 million right now. Yeah. That's probably would- where they are. And why wouldn't you be there? You know right. what I mean? And- and Don Sweeney's going to talk him down to a cap friendly deal that he can he can have the availability to work on pieces needed in the future when David Pasternak's on this team to make right. things happen and not be so much up against the cap like they are every year. They have that flexibility to bring in a player at the trade deadline and so on to, or even a free agent the uh, the summer after. Who knows? But yep. still, I, I feel good about this. Um, feel good about the signing and I, i'm not gonna freak out until like i said the um the nhl trade deadline on march 3rd if it comes right around mm-hmm. then then it's gonna be like wow this is a scary situation but until then step off the the edge of the roof folks you know it's all good yep. enjoy it and, <laughs> and if i could guess where sweeney's at right now i'd say he's probably in that eight range that's where sweeney's at at this moment and that's I, smart and yeah. that's smart because if you want your middle ground to be around where, you know, um, coil around to where um, Mc- McAvoy is at, then you got to make sure you're below it enough to where you, when you go up to that number, it's significant. And it's significant to a point where it's a middle ground. And, you know, that's when, you know, you get your clauses thrown in there, your signing bonuses, you know, how much money you're getting up front of, of opposed to what you're getting at the end. Um, you know, all that starts coming into play once you figure out a number that works. Yeah. Um, and and, and I, I'm going to say Sweeney and his camp because it is Sweeney and his camp. It is not just Sweeney, as we all know. Well, at least we know. I don't know about everyone. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how it turns out, but I'd say that's probably about where they're at. I mean, that's where my that's where my betting guess would be. Yeah, during the off season, we were talking about um, on the podcast, and I, and I was talking to other people on Twitter about where I'd like to see the negotiations start. And I was eight at eight, you know, give it, give him the freaking numbers he's got on the back of his jersey, and um, and people said, why would you disrespect past an act like that? And I don't think it's a it's an act of disrespect or anything like that because he it's I mean, the art of the deal. Yeah, obviously he deserves a lot more money and so on. The guy's done a great job here in Boston and continues and will continue to do so, I believe. But I think it should start there and then work your way up to like Charlie McAvoy money. And then then that's when we, we need to go, okay, the bar now is Charlie McAvoy. I remember back in the day, because I'm an old man, that Ray Bork, nobody made more money than Ray Bork back in the day when there was that. no salary cap. You know, yeah. so I think that's that's now the bar right now on this Boston Bruins team is nine five, and and we have to all get there because even at nine five on Pasternak and Charlie McAvoy, you still have flexibility to do other things moving forward. You're not just locked up against the cap all the time, basically like a Chicago Blackhawks team that's like 
you know, constantly throwing talent around the league, you know, trying to be cap compliant. So I'll tell you one thing though. If if the bar is 9.5, which I agree with, I agree with that. If that is the bar and Fabian LaSalle comes out and he becomes a star in this league, you're not keeping him. It's not happening. Very good point and a segue into a new conversation right now is like Mason Lowry is going to be, a, I, I believe, a defensive star in this league. Fabian Lysel, probably a, an offensive juggernaut in this league as well. But if you look back to these guys that are making contracts right now, like this offseason has been crazy. Now, I will never say anybody's getting overpaid. If an organization believes in a player like, um, like Tage Thompson, he had one good career year, and then he's getting <clears throat> freaking banked. That's up to you. But also, um, Tim Stutzler uh, yep. up They're in uh, Ottawa, another one that got paid coming right out of his entry-level deal. Yep. You know? So I think that when Mason Lowry and Fabian Lysel come down to those end of the year of their entry-level deals, their agents are going to start looking like, hey, we've been doing well on our ELCs. We, we, we want to get paid now. And, yep. and you have to prepare yourself for all those situations. Much like what Dougie Hamilton did in the in the back in the day, after his ELC was almost over, his agent came out and said, "We're going to ask for eight million dollars up front, no bridge, yep. no nothing. We want long term eight million dollars." And pretty much that garnered uh, an exit from uh, Mr. Dougie Hamilton. So, yep. And obviously, and you still love the guy because you still got the jersey in the back. By not by choice, but <laughs> it, it just so happens that. Duct tape can go across the back of the name. Uh, Shooter, the back Ma- of the jersey and- Shooter McGavin absolutely loves that. Every time we have a podcast, <laughs> I put it up on YouTube. He's like, please tell Kevin to burn that Hamilton jersey. It ain't a Hamilton jersey anymore. It's a <laughs> DIY Lindholm jersey until I can get a nameplate. But, but with that said, um, you know, if in four to five years, when guys, I believe, when I believe that guys like, um, you know, Fabian LaSalle and uh, Mason Lorai would be finished with their ELC contracts, um, at that point, if you've got a guy like Fabian LaSalle who's putting up 80 points, you know, um, maybe like uh, thir- 35 goals, 45 assists in the league, um, maybe he's putting up, um, what did I say, 80 or did I say 70? My brain is scrambled. That's all right. Oh, well. <laughs> Your math's like matter. mine. <laughs> if, he, if he's putting up, if he's putting up eighty points, you know whatever. If he's putting up eighty points, putting up ninety points, whatever. Guarantee you, you're not keeping that kid for under nine point five. Nope, He'll not happening. He'll get paid. He'll get paid. He will yep. get paid. He'll take your ass to arbitration. He'll do whatever he can. He'll he'll get paid because as that cap goes up, because it is rumored to go up significantly, players ask for more money. It's just yep. how it works. And, yep. you know, because I know there's a lot of people out there who may think like, oh, yeah, everything stays the same. No, no, not everything stays the same because the players are the ones on the ice working their ass off to yep. bring in that at that revenue. So they want their cut. It's just how it works. And it's just how it's going to be. So, you know, we don't know where the cap's going to be at in four or five years, but it could be upwards of 10 to 15 million dollars more than it is right now. Yeah. And, and players and- like want to get paid. We talked about it last week on the Black and Gold Hockey podcast that uh, Alan um, Alan Walsh he sent out a tweet saying that um, obviously the cap goes up a million dollars this year. 
it'll go up a million dollars the following season. But 25 and 26 is the is the year that it's expected to at least go up to eight million dollars, possibly more, because the I, I want to call it a COVID relief or whatever that they had. I, that's probably the wrong wording, but the, um, the debts are getting paid back faster than they expected. Yep. So that means that the higher increase cap is going to come sooner rather than later. And uh, and that's always good things when you're trying to build a winner is to have that cap flexibility and so on. Yep. But someday, someday in this league, I'm not going to say it for certain, but someday in this league, you're probably going to start seeing players making 20 to $30 million a year. Yeah. I mean, it may, it may not be for another 20, 30 years, yeah. but the hockey's getting more popular. It's happening. You know, why? And, and look at the NBA. The NBA is what, the, maybe the third most popular tied with hockey? And they've got players making a boatload of money more than yep. hockey players do. So as that revenue goes up, as that cap um, ceiling goes up, players are going to start making their money and they're going to, and rightfully so. I mean, the reason why I say rightfully so is because if people, especially in baseball, when you look at what people make in baseball, I mean, Crazy. how can a hockey player not deserve that? I know. If you're just going off of other sports, I'm not talking. I know there's going to be people out there who are like, you know, well, you know, what about the people who fight for their right to play this game in this country, which I totally agree with. They should make a ton of money. Yep. A lot more than they do make now. But just basing it off of the sports that we see and what people are making, hockey players deserve to make that, if not yeah. more. Especially so eventually. Especially there. especially how they beat themselves, their bodies up for 82 games a year. And, yep, and that's. Yep. that's the hardest part and, and I'm I'm actually shocked that they don't pay more but uh obviously you know what they're getting is somewhat good and, and I know that I know that a former NHL or former defenseman um Pronger oh uh, what's his name Sean Pronger I think no or uh, Chris Chris uh, Pronger no. Chris Pronger yep he tweeted out something a couple months ago saying what actually an NHL player makes and he based it off of a five million dollar salary Yep. And the, the agent, 10%, 15%, whatever, the, the taxes, wherever you live and so on, you're basically getting half of that money. The other half is going to um, escrow and blah, 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 and blah, 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 and taxes and this and that. Yep. It's, just, it's just crazy how much they get freaking taking out. Like, you know, it's almost like me and you when we get a paycheck from our, our job. You know, taxes yep. are freaking, you know, Uncle Sam's right there. Hey, pay me, you know? Yep. That's exactly how it is. And unfortunately, um, there's a lot of people don't understand it. Like there's people who are like, oh, why wouldn't you sign a million dollar deal? That's a million dollars. No, it's not. No, no. You're lucky. You're lucky on a million dollar contract to get 200 grand out of that deal. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 just the way. and, And that's why there's teams out there like the Tampa Bay Lightning, you know, the Florida Panthers, you know, teams and places like that where they can get away with having a lower cap hit because not as much money is being taken out of them. Uh, to wrap up the uh, this episode 297, getting so close to 300, proud of this um, this this uh, podcast that we got going on. Um, I do want to talk about the, uh, the Providence Bruins upcoming roster that um, the lineup that we could see on opening day on October 14th against the Bridgeport uh, Islanders. 
I will be there as a media member. We did get our credentials again this year. So shout out to the Providence Bruins for uh, having us for, I think it's our fourth year. I think so. So uh, shout out to those guys. I can't wait to get down there and meet the uh, the new crew, the new PR team. So uh, And obviously hang out with Mark Diver and, uh, and other uh, media members down there. But uh, the Providence Bruins 2022-23 season is, is really starting to look good on paper, in my opinion. And I wanted to talk about the lineup that I believe uh, could be in place. And, and this is not gospel. It's not in stone or anything like that, please. It's just my idea of, of, um, of what I'd like to see out of this lineup. And let's side off on the offense with the line number one, uh, John Beecher. Uh, would be uh, heading the center position uh, on the left side would be Georgie Mikulov, and on the right side would be Mark McLaughlin. I know Mark uh, plays the center position, but he also shoots right and can play the right side as well. Uh, thoughts on that line? I love it. And I like the way that you have it because Beecher right now is probably, you know, giving them a really good showing. And why not continue to see what he does at that position? You drafted him in the first round. You want to see if that can pay off. And if, it, I mean, because we've talked about it many times, Johnny Beecher, if he can get his offense going, that's a top six talent. Yep. That is easily a top six talent. And if you can turn Johnny Beecher, someone who people have written off because you haven't heard his name in years, into a f- top six talent, that is fantastic. I mean, and the way it's looking, I mean, he's trending in the right direction right now. Absolutely. He absolutely is. And then you look at a guy like Merkulov, you know, sticking him on the left side. What do you have after Marshan? What do you have after Hall? You have DeBrusque. Great. What else do you have? Maybe you have Merkulov. I think they are, I think that is smart. This is putting them in the right position to succeed. And that goes right to McLaughlin. If McLaughlin's making this team, it's probably going to be as a winger. Yep. Not as a center at this point. I think much it's like, a very smart line. Yeah, much like the uh, the path that Jack Seneca uh, continues to try to take in the NHL. I mean, the depth up the middle at the Boston Bruins NHL level is is pretty much uh, in in place, if you want to say. But on the right side, there's there's areas that can be filled by players like that, uh, especially younger players that are trying to uh, create some consistency in, in the lineup on a night to night basis. And not only that, too. I mean, he's already shown that he can play the right wing at the NHL level. Yep. I mean, what he came in and, and did is nothing to be just overlooked. Uh, another, um, th- Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's fine. I'm just saying, you know, he's, you know, he came in and showed and proved I can hang here. Yep. He absolutely did. And I can't wait for him to have a full-time spot here. And he will have a full-time spot here. Might not be this year because of, you know, the business side of things here in hockey, but I think the following season, I think Mark McLaughlin is going to pencil himself right in onto that third line right wing spot, and he's going to be a staple because guess who's going to be gone? Smith. Um, and what I like about that first line, and I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but um, I like that they're all three centers are on that line. Yep. Beecher can play the left. Mikulov can play the center. McLaughlin can play the center and the right. So they can, I mean – you could play to their strengths, especially in the face-off dot, in, in particular, wherever which zone you can. Uh, you know, your 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 face-off, uh, center ice face-off, give it to Beecher. 
But if like um, if Mark McLaughlin is stronger and showing a lot in the defensive zone when you really need to win a faceoff, he can go right in there as well. You know, yep. so there's a lot of good things on that top line that I really like, and I'm looking forward to see if Ryan Mujanel and and Matt Thomas and Trent Whitfield actually kind of like go with some of these lines that I predict. Uh, that'd be kind of cool. Yep. Great line. Great line. All right. So the second line is um, centered by Samuel Asleen. And uh, on the left side is the, the new AHL contract only contract. Uh, Luke Toporowski out of uh, Spokane and Cam Loops in the WHL last season. He had some uh, a really good year. Um, and Justin Brazeau, he's a big kid, big power forward. I want to see Samuel Asleen in, at center. Uh, Brousseau on the right and Toporowski on the left. Thoughts on that line? Um, so I believe Toporowski is the one that is turning some heads right now in yeah. the prospect challenge. Two I think goals. there's no there's no better way to reward a player like that than giving him some top six minutes in Providence. I think Asleen, going back to last year's um, uh, prospect challenge, showed a lot. And he absolutely deserves a spot there on that second line. Um, and then going over to the right, that's a player I am not very familiar with. You'll have to tell me a bit more about him, but I like the sound of a big body on the wing. Yeah. Uh, Justin Brozeau was, uh, signed out of the Ontario hockey league a while ago. And after he was an overager and he had an unbelievable season, like 60 goals, 60 assists or something like that. My numbers could be way off, but he was, a he was heavily taught after, uh, as a free agent and the Toronto Maple Leafs, I believe picked them up cause he's from the Ontario area. I think he played with the Marlies. I could be wrong, but things didn't work out. He, now he went back to the, uh, the ECHL. He was with the, um, uh, the Newfoundland growlers and then came to uh, the main Mariners and really busted his ass and became a point per game player in the East e- ECHL. And then got his his chance to stick with Providence, and Providence signed him uh, to a two year extension. So, uh, like I said, he's a big kid, but it always a, a player that size and ability um, sticking around for the Boston Bruins to have close contact and 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 you know up close evaluations is never a bad thing to keep in the back burner when you're looking for big guys like that, even at, at the uh, the bottom twelve. You know, if he's going to be a, a fourth line player, then fine. You can insert him in there. Uh, but I like the way Brazil uh, plays. He's real tough, gets to the net, and he's real hard to move. He a frames right at the top of the crease, and uh, you know he's just a big kid that doesn't allow a lot of uh, vision from the goaltender uh, to see out front. Beautiful. All right. So uh, the third line for the Providence Bruins. My idea of the partic- uh, of the perfect lineup. Uh, Curtis Hall, uh, who had a goal in yesterday's game against Pittsburgh, centering Jakob Lauk. Never mind. I was going to guess. Is Lauko on the on the left? I was going to guess it. He is. <laughs> Jakob Lauko is on the left side. And uh, new um, Boston Bruins uh, free agent signing. He's on a, um, a, uh, oh, a one-year two-way deal is Vinny Letary. He played with the uh, Anaheim Ducks last season, split time between Anaheim and San Diego of the AHL. Um, I'm expecting a big year from uh, Jakob Lauko this this season. I believe that he's on his last of his entry level contract. So this is a big, big evaluation uh, for him and the Boston Bruins to uh, to see what they have and keep him in the fold. 
Uh, he's got to get more offensive. I know, and he's got to stay healthy. That's that's the biggest spot say, right now. Yeah, you know, is he healthy? That's what I was asking. Right. He just got to stay healthy and get it all together. Um, and I, I believe in the player. I know he can. I know that there's a lot of um, – I've seen a lot of games where he's been the aggressor in a lot of situations like that. For me, I, I'm always the I'm always a guy that says, hey, if you're not going to stick up for a teammate for somebody else taking liberties on them and you're the closest by, go ahead. Go ahead. You'd be that mm-hmm. solid teammate. But last year I saw that more, more and more where I thought, Jesus, this guy's going to get injured, you know. Throw yep. a punch, break a break a finger, break a hand. You know, I just don't want to see that from this kid. So I expect him to have a big year, a big turnaround season. Curtis Hall, the same thing. We talked about him earlier in the prospect challenge segment. I want to see him have a bigger year. I think he will. And uh, Vinny Letary is just that type of uh, veteran that could really uh, get a lot out of these guys. So excited for that third line. Uh, the fourth line for my oh, problem. Actually, I have a quick comment on Lauko. Go ahead. Um, when it comes to Lauko, you know, it, it brings us back to the left wing. What do we have there? You know, because it seems like kind of like the center depth. How much is there on that left side? Um, and it's looking like if he can have a bounce back year, as you're saying, you could be looking at a left side of, you know, Merkulov, DeBrusque and Lauko for your future. And that would be fantastic. I think that would be great for them to have. Um, because when I look at, there's only three players that stick out to me when I think of players of recent memory, I'm going to say since Pasternak um, that have came out during a, um, uh, during a, uh, I'm going to say the preseason games that you really were just like, Oh my God. Like, you know, became players that Bruins fans were talking about. And one of those was Pasternak. The other one was Stunnika. And this final one that I'm going to say is Lauko. Yep. When he had that goal that he scored in that preseason game years ago, people that went, was it. wow. That was in China. Remember that? Yeah. Well, no, was that a- was on TD Garden Ice. Oh, was it? Yeah, that was uh, in the Garden. Oh, yep. my God. I thought I thought that was in one of the uh, preseason games that they played in China. No, but he, he took the puck up the left side boards. He... Um, I believe he put it off the boards and went around the defenseman and was literally like on the red line, you know, of the, uh, the goal line. I'm going to say not the red line on the goal line um, off to the, off to the left corner and sniped it. Absolutely sniped it. And everyone's jaw dropped. (laughs) I remember so many fans being like, Lauko, Lauko, Lauko. And it's fallen off, but you still hear a lot of Bruins fans saying, where's Lauko. What about Lauko? Yep. He's got to stay healthy. Absolutely. got to be able to get back to that offensive game that he was able to flash. And I hope he's not a flash in the pan. I would like to see this kid get a, get a real shot. Absolutely. I'm uh, moving down to my fourth line. Uh, Uno Kapanen, um centering Edward Trailmax, and uh, on the right side, uh, Alex Olivia Voyer. So that's a, that's a really heavy line to come at you. Um, Trailmax offers um, some, some, a lot of grit. Uh, great kid uh, out of the University of Maine was uh, uh, roommates with Jeremy Swayman and uh, Pat Shea, who plays for the uh, Maine Mariners right now. Um, yeah, he, he's he's a gritty forward can can be very offensive um, minded as well. 
Uh, Yuna Kapanen is just a big, uh, rangy forward who could play the left side as well in the center position. And Voyer is just a guy that just gets in your face all the time, always in the scrums and so on. So solid fourth line, in my opinion, right there with those three. Beautiful. I mean, I don't, I don't really have anything to say about that line because I don't know much about it, but I do have one question. Go ahead. If he makes the Boston Bruins one day, do you think the locker room will call him trail mix? Yeah, yeah probably. Probably. There we go. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> there's a, there's a, a Providence Bruins podcast that's out there that uh, uses names like that. I think that that's what they're calling them. So that's my forward lineup. So the extra forwards in my opinion, and, and because the Providence Bruins and, and all hockey, basically all American Hockey League teams, they operate on a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday schedule. So you're not going to see this lineup for three straight games. It's going to be extra forwards that are going to get time. So when other players need rest, I see a player like Matt Philippe out of Northeastern, uh, who recently signed in another year or a two year deal. Him being the extra guy that kind of floats around for that extra time. Um, and uh, J.D. Greenway, who's been transformed to a forward from defense. I think he could be that guy, too. But also keep in mind that these two players could also go down to uh, Maine and get this significant um, ice time down there to keep their legs fresh and so on. That leads me to one question. Sure. Where's Wagner? <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> what? No I'm, no, I'm kidding. I totally forgot about Wagner. Totally forgot about Wagner. You know, um, though, honestly, though, what you've put together, I think is fantastic. I mean, and that's from the limited knowledge on Providence that I have. Um, it, it's It saddens me to see that Chris Wagner has became even a footnote in Providence Bruins history. Right. Right. <laughs> it's like... And that's Poor not guy. a that's not a jab at, at Chris Wagner and his leadership down in Providence, you know, and and how he works with the guys that are that are continuing to, to develop. I mean, he's been a solid veteran down there and so on. So he's you know continues to work hard. But I, I totally forgot about him and and the I'd way I put him process. as an extra forward, Mark. I'd put yeah. him as an extra forward. I would and have him kind of come in because um, you got to allow these young kids to get the things they need. Because Wagner, I'm sorry, you're not going to be here after this season, I believe. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, to be honest you with you, to be honest with you, I could honestly switch out Alex Olivia Voyer and, and put Wagner on that fourth line right side and have uh, Voyer be that rotational guy. Yeah. Because Voyer is on an AHL-only contract, mm -hmm. while Wagner will be sent down to Providence and still get an NHL money. So you, you want to pay him, you know, right. get your money's worth at least. And Wagner will be up there for the playoffs too. Once right. the Bruins get into the playoffs, may not be playing, but he'll be there in case. Black Ace. So, yep. All right, so let's move to the uh, defense. Um, this I had a real tough time with this one because there's there's a couple players that I have on the extra defenseman that I wanted in the lineup, but you only got six choices. So this is really tough for me. Uh, my my top pairing is Michael Callahan out of Providence. He's going to get a full season this year in the AHL and uh, he's going to be paired with, uh, or my, my thought on who he's going to be paired with is uh, Connor Carrick. I think that's going to be a really good top line. I think Connor Carrick is the guy and a guy that can quarterback a power play, be very um, involved offensively and defensively. So I think that'd be a great pairing right there. Agreed. Uh, the second pairing I see 
this was a tough one. I see Dan Renouf, uh, a new guy that came in. He's a, he's a, a bit of a tough guy. Um, not not a very big defenseman and so on, but I just think that he can sit right there, and I think he'd work well with a, a guy like Victor Berglund on that second pairing. I think Berglund's going to have a better year this year. This will be his second year in the American Hockey League after coming over from uh, overseas, and um, I think he I think Berglund really kicked out the uh, the cobwebs per se or the rust per se um, last season, getting used to North American ice, the shorter ice, and so on. So. I expected a big hair from him, and and he's really good on the power play as well. Um, and my third pairing is going to be uh, Big Nick Wolf and uh, the captain, Josiah Didier. Uh, and basically, that's my defense. Now, here's where I had a really tough time with this one, Kevin. My extra defenseman is Kai Wisman, which I really want to see on the lineup because he's a bigger body. Uh, but his his um, he's not very physical. So that's why I kind of had him as the extra extra defenseman uh, because he's not like uh, the other ones that I had that were kind of locked in. Uh, Jacob Wilson, who was recently signed out of uh, Arizona State, I think he's going to go to Maine. Um, uh, Fedor uh, Gordiev, I think he's probably uh, going to Maine, but could be that um, rotationary defenseman that could be, you know, your seven and eight, whatever. And the, the final one is Grant Gabriel. Gabriel's a big kid, but I really didn't see much of him. Uh, hopefully he can, he can uh, prove me wrong this season and become more of a mainstay. Uh, but speaking of Maine, that's another option for uh, Grant Gabriel as well. And uh, those are the extra defensemen I have. Um, and obviously the goaltenders to wrap this thing up is uh, Keith Kincaid and uh, Kyle Kaiser splitting the season, splitting the duties, you know, yeah. and, um, and Brandon Bussey. And I want to, Brandon Bussey's father DM'd me and said, everybody's got his name wrong. <laughs> it's Bus E. It's not Boosie. No, it's not Boosie. It's Bus E. So I want to thank uh, Mr. Bussey for uh, correcting me because I've, I've been saying that because I thought that's what it was. I'm not really good with the pronunciation of names. So you should have messaged him back, though, and asked. Are you sure? Because you're about to ruin a Jesus. really fun joke for Bruins fans. Are you sure? It's <laughs> probably why I no, did we, it. <laughs> yeah. No, we appreciate we appreciate the uh, the correction on the, on yeah. the pronunciation because he's a he's a fantastic uh, young goaltender who has um, hopefully a great career ahead of him. Yeah. Um, but I do have I do have a question. Uh, Jacob Wilson, is that the guy? when we were at development camp together with the huge beard and I turned to you, I said, Mark, who the hell is this 30 year old on the ice with these kids? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It almost seemed like he was the, um, he was the, uh, Jesper Froden of uh last year yeah. prospect challenge. I think you know? we looked it up and he was like 25 or something like that. Yeah, I, I believe yeah. he's like 25, but I looked at you. I was like, this dude looks like he should be in the, in the, in the shell right now. I was like, who is this guy? Yeah, it's almost fun. it's almost like the uh, Little League Baseball World Series back in the day when they had that Dominican or this or the guy from uh, Mexico that was like 19 years old, and they put him in there in a, in a 14 year old game. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, so I, I kind of think that a guy like Jacob Wilson is probably going to be uh, sent to Maine and so on, but also get some time in the uh, in Providence if needed because there's it always happens in the minor pros. There's a real influx of the roster and so on because of injuries at the NHL level. So there's always a constant upshift. And 
and the coaches down in, in the minor pros just have a real challenge to keep consistency going. Now, I got one more question for you before Bruins fans start tagging you on Twitter saying, you didn't have Fabian LaSalle in your lineup for Providence. Does that mean he's making the Boston Bruins? Oh, shit. <laughs> Where is LaSalle? Ah, I fucked this one up. (laughs) No, you didn't because you're going off of players that you know where they're going. We don't know where Lisell is going. Yeah, you know, that that, that is true. And I, I, to be honest with you, I really didn't think of that. I just, it was kind of like, you know, I'm up in the air in Lisell. I think Fabian's going to be a fantastic hockey player. I really want to see him uh, participate in in the Providence Bruins this season for a whole year. I know there's a lot of Bruins fans that really want him to be on the NHL level because he's he's talented and he's shown what he can do, but he hasn't shown anything at the pro level yet that makes me scream he needs to be uh, penciled into this NHL lineup. So, But there's also another option for Fabian Lysel too, is to go back to the WHL with the Vancouver Giants. Uh, he's eligible to do that. So, And I don't think that's going to happen. So with the unknown of you know where he's going to be on the opening li- on the opening lineup as I did in my notes he's just not there for me right now but um you know definitely i mean this could all change this is not like i said it's not you know a gospel or in stone or anything like that it's just my idea of what the lineup could look like and obviously when the lineup starts to look like a a real lineup and and you know he's more and more being talked about um, being, uh, you know, we're definitely going to be sending him to Providence. Then, obviously, they have to make those changes as well. More people will go probably go down to Maine to facilitate a roster spot for Fabian Lysel to, to be uh, in the Ryan Mujanel offensive scheme. The way I see it playing out, if Lysel ends up in Providence, and whether that's for the full year or he takes a Pasenak route, we, with, you know, even though we want him to be, you know, there for the full year, we don't dictate that, nor do we know the future. This is just our opinion. Um, I think I'm going to say when he goes to Providence, when he goes to Providence, I think you put him on that second line to start. Yeah. On the right side. I don't think yep. you throw him right on that first line. I think you start him on that second. And as soon as, cause he will, as soon as he proves he can be bumped up to that first line, you switch McLaughlin and you switch him. Yeah. Or, or you Done. could take out Justin Brazel and put, Fabian Lysel there. This is my lineup. This is what I'm talking about from just my particular lineup. Justin Brazil can go down to the third line, Vanilla Terry down to the fourth line, and Alex Olivier Voya can be that rotational forward. Yep. You know? But I definitely don't think it'd be smart to throw Lysel onto that first line to start because this is a, I mean, this is a big upgrade from the dub. It's a big upgrade. It really is. I mean, when you look at it, because you were no longer just playing with people of your age group yeah. you are now playing against adults men. not to men. say that Fabian LaSalle is not an adult he no is. but di- absolutely different so sizes against, different shapes yeah different ages different experiences I mean it, it's going to come at you fast and it's going to hit you hard yeah they're going to start lean, him off they're going to lean on a player like this real hard to get absolutely. him off his game yep so stick him on that second line see how he does and whichever way he goes, move him up or move him down, however you need to do it. And if a guy like Lysel is moved down to the third line, it's not because he's a bad player. It's because he just needs to go through the growing pains of learning professional hockey at, you know, in the North American game. 
And the AHL is no joke. It's no joke. It's the second best league um, in the United States. Yep. It's no joke. Probably you know, in the world. It's not a joke at all to say I played professional hockey, you know, for, you know, in the American Hockey League. Yep. It is not a joke. I wish so, I had a chance. Right. Exactly. I mean, a lot of the people who l- love to crap on players and be like, ah, career AHLer. Dude, you couldn't even lace their skates. Yeah, like, right, right. I mean, these are good damn hockey players, you know? So these are, those are great, the people that are making 40 grand a year while they're making 70. <laughs> right. It's like you you have you have yourself a great player in Liesel with fantastic offensive skills. He himself said he wants to work on all areas of the ice. I think yep. the AHL is a perfect area for him to do that. And I don't think there's any better way that we can say this, Mark. I think this is literally everything on the table when it comes to Liesel and where he should be and, you know, where he should honestly stay. Now, if he out of nowhere, you know, he's just, if he's tearing through the AHL, if he's tearing through the AHL, the size doesn't matter this and that. And he gets a call up and he's puts up, you know, three points in five games. Then there's a little conversation to be had, but we're not there. And we don't no. know if we'll get there. So, absolutely. But me particularly, I like a young player like that that says, "I'm I'm playing at ninety five percent, and there's always more to learn." So that shows yeah. to me that's good character for a young man that's willing to, you know, go out there try to earn a roster position in the NHL. If it doesn't work out, then we go down a league, go down to the AHL, and do what you can. You know, yep. it, it, I I don't like players that just come out and say. I'm ready. I'm at hundred percent and there's nothing you could do to change my mind. That's not good character. In my opinion, yep. this kid just seems like he's got that Boston Bruins mantra. You know what I mean? Like we're at 99%. Nobody's at a hundred. We always have to work for that extra 1% to be that good. Yep. And trust me, Bruins fans, take your fandom out of it for five seconds. I- both myself and Mark would love to see Fabian LaSalle yes. absolutely scorch it and be on the Boston Bruins this year. We are in no way saying we don't want him there. Screw that player. Nothing like that. But you need to think of it from a business aspect here. When you look at Fabian LaSalle and you look at the skill he has, if he were to do that, his contract no longer slides. And you're looking at in the next three years or two years after this season, you're looking at paying that dude a bunch of freaking money. Yep. And are you ready to do that? I'm not the Boston Bruins organization. Isn't you have a team this year who doesn't need Fabian LaSalle. That team does not need LaSalle this year. They don't because they have a team that can compete for a cup and they have a team that can be bettered at the deadline with already experienced NHL players. Yeah. And so allow that contract to slide, allow him to get himself going in the American hockey league. And also for those that want to push back on what we're talking about, the amazing listeners that do, um, even a fourth line role for Fabian LaSalle, I want out. I don't even want him on that line. You know, I understand that he played in the dub and it's a very hard developmental league. It's it's the perfect place for him to go and learn that type of um, game where it comes at you a little faster. But mm-hmm. if he's going to be on the fourth line, no, no, he's way better off playing top line second line minutes in Providence because he's going to learn a lot more there. And and if they do need that guy to come in, cause say Smith's not working out or Smith's hurt and they need a right winger to come in and play in there. 
Yep. I, I mean, I know contracts and I know all this stuff, but when push comes to shove, Mark McLaughlin's your guy there. He True. or Studnika. True. You know, like, but for me, it, right now it's McLaughlin over Studnika when it comes to wing. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Because what you need out of a player like that is secondary scoring. And McLaughlin already showed you he can do that, you know, yeah. at the NHL level. There's you know, another player. Guy. There's another player, Kevin, that I didn't mention in my lineup. I'm all over the Ooh. place on this freaking Stanika. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, maybe you have him pegged as the extra forward or in the lineup for Boston. Who, Who knows? knows? I mean, knows? it's another gonna, player where we don't know where he's going to be. I'm going to go you with know? you. Yeah, just say you never know where well, he's going. Well, it's true. I mean, no, I forgot about, about him. <laughs> you know, you don't know where some of these players are going to be. We have no idea. We cannot peg them in Providence when they have an actual chance at being somewhere else. Yep. Um, and like you said, the dub is, you know, maybe not the most – it may be not the first choice for where you want Lee sell, but it is a realistic option. Yeah. It's, it's a realistic option. I mean, both of us highly doubt it, but it's a realistic option. All right. Let's end this um, hockey podcast. Episode two ninety seven. Uh, two shout outs. Um, obviously I want to give an end show shout out to our boy, Dom, uh, Dom Tiano up in Southern Ontario. Fantastic guy. He's the third uh, host on this going through, some uh, medical problems right now. Hopefully get him back as soon as possible. Cause I love and miss the guy and um, we need him. Cause uh, his he's, he has a thirst for hockey knowledge. And the best thing about Dom is not only is he just a real class act, but he's just so willing to pass that knowledge on to so many other hockey fans that, you know, want to learn more about a particular player. Yep. Or he'll tell you, Google it, Google it. The second shout out is to longtime Black and Gold Productions supporter, uh, Zach Tarenko. Hopefully I said that right. Um, he's a really good Twitter uh, guy, but he uh, accepted, an, uh, I believe it's an internship with the East, uh, ECHL Maine Mariners, and he's going to be joining their media team for his senior year in school. So congratulations, Zach. Shout out to you. Hopefully when I make the, a, a few trips up to Maine to cover the Maine Mariners this upcoming season, uh, I get to say hello to you in person. And uh, and thank you for uh, your many years of listening to our broadcast and, and many other programs on the Black and Gold Productions podcast network. Congrats to you, Zach. Yeah. All right. With that being said, I am host Mark Allred. That's Andrew. Andrew. Oh, my God. Oh, I almost called, called Bobby no, no, no. no, I almost called you Raycroft. I was thinking I was Jaffe. <laughs> I thought you were going to call me Taverna. No, I mean, no, 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 no. I want no, no. to sign off. No offense, you, Taverna, but I you don't mean, have don't terrible takes. Taverna. You don't have terrible takes on Twitter to get to get that name. Oh, jeez. I'm just Shots kidding. Fired. Yeah, I Shots know. Fired. He's probably going to come after me later on after he hears this. But I love Andrew anyway. Um, okay. But regardless, uh, I want to say thank you to everybody for listening and supporting the uh, the show. We're coming up on 300 episodes, and it looks like. We'll be lining up with our 300th to start the season. Hopefully that happens. We might go 301 to start the year. Who knows? But I um, just want to thank everybody for the financial contributions on our Patreon account. Please go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast and donate a dollar per episode to win that Ray Bork Boston Bruins signed prize pack. We have four items, a jersey, a picture, a mini helmet, and a hand-signed puck. So get on that and uh, please stay with us throughout the year because we're going to be giving away a hand-signed jersey every month. Um, 
Also, I want to shout out our sponsors for today's podcast, betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50. I want to shout out Can I Wellness. Uh, go to caniwellness.com and use code BNG25 to save yourself 25% on everything on the website. And also our favorite, uh, Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Maravilla. So with that being said, Kevin, I want uh, just to say uh, have a great week. Thank you very much for, for doing this today and every week. I truly appreciate you, bud. And hopefully we get Dom back to uh, get that trio going again, uh, that, that trio Absolutely. train. So yeah. Uh, that Dom is, would have had a lot of fun talking about what we were just talking about at the end here. He would have ab- loved it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, guys. Um, please be safe. Have a great week. Uh, Prospects Challenge is still going on. So uh, look for a stream uh, from the Bruins or another team that they're playing tomorrow at 1030 a.m. And, um, you know, hey, captain's practices are slowly getting over. Next week they start training camp. And next Saturday – There'll be a preseason game. So next Sunday when we do a podcast, we'll actually be talking about a hockey game. So um, that's it for us. Um, Like I said, thank you so much to everybody who supported us, shared the program, retweets, everything, likes, whatever. You guys are amazing. Keep doing it because it really helps us grow our brand. So um, that's it. So thank you very much, Kevin, and uh, peace out, everybody. Peace out. Thanks again for tuning in and supporting this week's episode of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please give the show a five-star rating and write a review on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. If you'd like to contact the show for advertising opportunities or to send us a question or topic idea we should be discussing, please send us an email to blackandgoldproductionsllc at gmail.com. Don't forget to share our program on your social media platforms with other hockey fans and follow our Twitter accounts at Black and Gold Pod, at BNG Productions, at Black and Gold 277, and at Kevin underscore O'Keefe 89. Also, please don't forget to check out our official blackandgoldhockey.com website where we cover the Bruins organization from the NHL level down to the prospects worldwide. Peace out.